It's Girish Bally, the host for Back to Basics, another Back to Basics for another week. Today we're going to talk about mindfulness, we're going to talk about mystique, and we're talking about books, we're going to be talking about authors, and all the stuff that she's been doing. She's been traveling around the world globally, virtually, and talking to everyone regarding about her book. And let's see how we talk about her and what she feels about mindfulness and what does it mean for her. So why don't we do that and bring Aura into the show here. Aura, how are you? And thanks for coming to Back to Basics. Hi, Girish. Thank you so much for having me. Absolutely. Thank you. Thank you again for coming on uh, Back to Basics. But before we talk about your book and mindfulness and all the other stuff that you do, uh, which clearly says on the website, what does Back to Basics mean to you? Back to Basics for me means really getting back to the fundamental things that matter, you know, the basic elements that are important to us. You know, if we don't have the basics, we can't start, do you know? So I, I think the word basics really connotes that to me. Hmm. Yeah, thank you. Thank you again, uh, Aura, for answering that question. And thank you again for coming on the show. So what, is, what does mindfulness mean to you? Well, mindfulness means to be present. So that is pretty much the definition of it. If you, if you were to say, what is the essence of mindfulness? It's the practice of being present. And that means being really in the moment fully. Hmm. And that is what mindfulness means to me. It's there so many minutes of the day. And for the most part, there was a study out of Harvard that that our mind wanders almost 50% of the time. And what it cites is that the mind often wanders to the past, which has come and gone, or anticipates the future, which isn't here yet. And Hmm. where we have the hardest time being is in the present. So Hmm. my this is a practice that can be cultivated that helps us become more present in the moments of our lives. Mm-hmm. Yeah, thank you. Thank you again, Aura, for answering that question because I wanted your perspective when it comes to mindfulness. So thank you again for answering that. You know, all the books that you have written so far, and this is the latest one that we're going to talk about in detail, what is your your process of writing a book? I mean, does the storyline and the book comes first? the title comes first, or what is the whole process? It's an interesting question for me because sometimes it's one of the things you mentioned or all of the things that you mentioned. Sometimes I get sparked by a title. Sometimes I'm exploring something out of complete curiosity. You know, it's part of my life journey. It's part of my inquiry, if you will. Hmm. So it makes me think about, oh, that's really an interesting topic. I want to explore that deeper. I want to go more into that. And it sparks this creative energy in me, if you will, that makes me think, oh, that would be a good book. You know, I want to spend time with that. I want to spend time exploring that. And the best way for me to do that is to write a book. Do you th- So topics and title are two different things. So the topic is a topic that you're going to be writing, but the title keeps on changing, right? Because it really resonates with you or does not. So what are your thoughts on that? Well, you know, for something like, for example, mindfulness and mysticism, here I was going to write a book on mindfulness. Again, I'm a mindfulness practitioner, a mindfulness author, and I wanted to take mindfulness to a whole new level. Hmm. And I wanted to go into the area of mysticism. Do You know, I wanted to explore what it means to go into these other realms of awareness and couple that with mindfulness. So the title really came in very clearly for me. 
And I knew right then and there that I wanted to write a book about mindfulness and mysticism, which is the very thing that I did. Hmm. Yeah, thank you. Thank you again. Is it really necessary to go through, I don't know, maybe trauma or trigger or something to write a book? You know, I think a lot of people, I mean, I certainly can speak for myself. I think the best work is done by, you know, sharing information or experiences that you yourself have had. Hmm. And it helps you get to the realizations that you've come to in your life. And I think, you know, for many authors, it is very experiential and it can be because of past experience that they've gone through, like, you know, trauma, you know, things that have been very challenging. I certainly have written about my own life experiences that I have found challenging. And it's through my own journey that I'm able to write from those experiences and share them with people. Because I think that once you shine a light on them for yourself, you have not only answers for yourself, but you can share those with other people. Yeah, thank, thank you again, uh, Aura, for answering that question. But let me ask you this. I went to your website and it actually says that you're a thought coach. So first of all, before you answer that question, I've I've seen life coaches, I've seen other coaches, I've seen counselors and mentors. If you don't mind me asking, what are the differences between a life coach and a mentor and then a thought uh, coach? Well, you know, it's interesting because I was a life coach for 10 years. And when I decided to be a certified life coach, there weren't a lot of them around. Right. It was a relatively new niche of coaching. Mm. After doing it for 10 years, and then I wrote my book, Says Who? How One Simple Question Can Change the Way You Think Forever, which is a cognitive method that I created for questioning our negative and fear-based thoughts, I realized that I was really helping people organize their thoughts and take their negative and fear-based thoughts based on the Says Who method and transform them to positive, life-affirming, supportive thoughts. So it occurred to me, I'm really a thought coach. That's what I'm helping people do. I'm helping them really work with the very things that get in the way, and that is our thoughts. Hmm. So I decided to create a whole new niche of coaching, which is a thought coach. And I created a whole online program, which is the Says Who Certification Thought Coach Training Program. And it was received really well. People were very receptive to the whole idea of, you know, life coach for me seemed very broad and thought coach for me seemed very specific to what the coach is doing. As far as your question about the mentoring, I, I think mentoring, you know, there are different ways to describe how you help people. Mm. I think coaching and mentoring, you know, probably have a lot of similarities. Mm. I, I think mentoring sometimes can be in a professional context or just somebody who, who you engage with who's a mentor in your life and it's not in a professional context. I, for me, coaching and coaching people is in a professional context. So being a life coach and or a thought coach really helps me have these relationships with people on a professional level where I can coach them through whatever difficulties or obstacles or just learnings that they want to go through. Mm-hmm. Aura, thank you. Thank you again for answering that question. Now, let me ask you this. We won't go in detail uh, because that's something personal from someone else. But when, when people, they come to you for help, what is that one 
major issue that people are having that you have helped them with the thought coaching uh, process? I think really the most I observe in people that really seek out my guidance, my help, my coaching is that they're really stuck. And when I go into where they're stuck, it's really the thoughts that they have. It could be a particular thought. It could be a thought which could be an example is I'm never going to be successful. Mm. I'm never going to find that dream job. I'm never going to find a partner or a soulmate. And they come to me because that has turned into a belief, which becomes a part of their core beliefs. And oftentimes it turns into a fear, do you know? So what I say about our emotions is there's usually always a thought connected to an emotion. Some people come to me and they're very gripped by an emotion, anxiety, fear, depression. When I go deeper into the work with them, we really can identify a thought. Again, that goes to the thought coaching component of my coaching to be able to help them get unstuck or to be able to learn how to change that negative or fear-based thought and to find its positive counterpart. So really what I'm helping people do is learn how to change their thoughts basically from negative and fear-based to positive and life affirming. Yeah. Thank you. Thank you so much. You know, our, uh, I've seen your work. I, I've seen your online courses and how you uh, advertise. I've seen all the books that you have published. I've seen all the sessions that you're going to be, uh, you know, you're doing for others for the mindfulness sessions. And then on top of that, you're recording on a podcast. So you're doing so much. So somewhere along the line, I think you're going to tire, be tired out. So how do you practice mindfulness for you? You know, people ask me that a lot. They say, oh, you're so busy or you probably don't have time for this. Do you know, which by the way, isn't really true. Mm -hmm. Yes, I am busy, but I also really love having time where I'm not working or I'm not engaged in these types of dynamics. I happen to really love the very things that I teach. I'm very contemplative. I always find time in my day to turn off my devices whether it's to meditate for X amount of time that I have, or it's to take a mindfulness walk outside. I love practicing mindfulness and I really implement it into my life. Mm -hmm. And when you do that, you, you don't really feel the, the sort of the weight of busyness, do you know, because it's all about striking a balance and mm -hmm. I have to love the balance. So I make a very concerted effort not to be busy just for busy sake, because I don't. I'm not that person. I love the work that I do. Mm. It's pleasurable for me. I derive great pleasure from teaching mindfulness, but I also practice it in my life. So mm. it can turn things off. And it's not that I'm always busy. I'm not. I do find time for the balance. And I that's what I teach people. You have to strike a balance. Yeah, yeah. Thank, thank you so much. It seems like that's one course that I think we should all pass, which is time management, isn't it? Absolutely. And, yes. Well, without a doubt. So thank, thank you again for explaining that. So not from your perspective, from not from your life, but what do you think the three major things that people should focus on when it comes to mindfulness? Like three major things. I think the first thing is to start with, asking themselves, 
am I present? Am I really showing up in this moment? And if I'm not, if I'm distracted, if I'm thinking about the past, or I'm thinking about the future, what is taking me out of this moment that I'm not 100% present in it? So that's a very great beginning of practicing mindfulness is to be aware when you're about to slip out of a moment or to be aware of when you're really not fully in a moment, when you're not fully listening to somebody, when you're doing five things at once, you know, this sort of multitasking that people think is a good thing. It's not always a good thing because you're really not giving your undivided attention to one thing, or you're not really focusing on another person. You're not really mindfully listening. So I say, start with that. Okay. I would say the second thing is, that if you find yourself swept up in the current of the day and you can feel yourself really reacting because you are stressed or you are very distracted, take a couple of deep breaths in and out. You know, these are like the fundamental, you know, sort of like your, your toolkit, if you will. I always say if you're about to go into a meeting or you're feeling like you're running from pillar to post, just take literally a couple of minutes and just take some deep breaths in and let it go. A couple of deep breaths in and let it go. So there's the awareness of how present you are. If you are in fact, you know, really distracted or busy or you're, you know, kind of anxious because of all the things that you have to do, find time to breathe. Mm. And then the thing that I think is really important at the end of your day is to really, what we were just saying, turn off those devices, hmm. find time to end your day and think back to what you're grateful for. Hmm. Do you know, what did you do today that you felt was accomplishing? And what did you do today that you could feel grateful for? Do you know, we really need to end our day with a mindful awareness of what we are grateful for. Do you know? I think it really helps us sort of transition out of the day and all the things that we did and enter into a space. Okay. I'm about to enter into my evening and I don't want to carry the day with me and I want to really end my day in gratitude. Yeah. Thank you. Thank you so much Aura, for answering that. You know, one last question, if you don't mind, the question now is, is the life nowadays better or back in the days were better for, for you? What are your thoughts on that? Oh, for me? Wow. Well, you know, I, again, I really am somebody who likes to be in the moment and practice present moment awareness. So I think that the present moment is really a culmination of all of the moments of our lives. So I don't think the past was better. I think the present is always the best place to be. Mm. You know, I really do. I do not look back at the past and think it was better. I am so appreciative of being in the present and living my life with present moment awareness. Yeah, thank you. Thank you so much, Aura, because there are some people who actually feel that back in the days was better because it is a slow world. Now with this fast world, we don't know when to stop and when to take a breather. And I think you said the opposite, which is stay in the moment and enjoy the moment, but be mindfulness too at the same time. And that's why we need mindfulness now more than ever, because we are busier. Yeah, yeah. So that's why the practice of mindfulness is so valuable. Yeah. Aura, thank you. Thank you again. Now, all the books that you have written and the last one that you've written, I think, back in 2021. Now, what is Aura for the next five more years? And plus, you came on Back to Basics on top of that. So what's mm -hmm. your journey for the next five years? 
you know, I love this work, as I said to you earlier, and I will continue to do work in the area of mindfulness. I think that's something that I just will continue to do. Perhaps I'll write another book. I'm still so busy with this book, having just written it. I feel inspired by the whole creative process. Hmm. You know, I think that's the beauty of even the book that I just wrote about allowing yourself to have things come through you that inspire your creativity. So who knows what it's going to inspire me to do next? I'm just, I feel very available to find that out. Yeah. Yeah. Aura, thank you. Thank you again. And it's going to be a tricky question and don't be biased now. All the books you have written, which is your favorite book? Wow. You know, I really do, to be honest with you, I value the three books that I've written. I've also slipped in a journal in between this last book, Mindfulness and Mysticism. I, I really think each of them holds something that I think people can really get a lot out of. Yeah. Mindfulness and Mysticism is, is really dear to my heart because I think it's got so much in it. It's, it's pretty loaded with a lot of things that I, I think, you know, really could help somebody you know, create a very magnificent life for themselves, you know, and teach them ways in which they can learn how to be more present. And as a result of being more present, they can have more magical moments in their lives. Mm -hmm. So I, it's like a child, you really can't pick one of your children over the other. Huh. I would say I, I, I feel very um, grateful for all of the books that I've written. And I, I think they all are very dear to my heart. And they all have, I think, wonderful things for people to learn from. Yeah, yeah. Laura, thank you. Thank you again for coming on the show and making this brighter for me. But before you leave, do you have any last words for all my listeners and my viewers? And how is your journey on Back to Basics on top of that? Well, first of all, thank you for having me on Back to Basics. It, I really enjoyed it. And I think you asked very good questions. I, I will leave you and your, your listeners with, you know, start today. You know, show up in the moments of your life more present. And don't think there's anywhere better to be other than the very moment that you're in right now. Yeah, thank you. Thank you so much, Aura, for uh, for coming here and making this brighter for all of us. And and listening to you is uh, definitely a pleasure. And and I've listened to you in other platforms, and, and you're a delight. Thank you again for coming here. Thank you so much for having me. Thank you. So, guys, we spoke with Aura today, and we talked about mindfulness. We only talked about mindfulness, but we did talk about present or past that's up to you to decide but or i did say present is the best so as usual as always there is a quote of the day and hopefully or will uh, like the quote of the day from back to basics mindfulness is a way of befriending ourselves and our experiences that's the quote of the day that's what we said right take everything out enjoy the moment and that's just what it is as usual, as always, what do we always say at the end of the episode? Everything in life goes back to basics, and that's what we did today, guys. Guys, take care. God bless. Keep on commenting on all my episodes because it makes me stronger day by day, week by week, when I release every day. And there are three things in every episode, including this one. For me, this is a hit because of the topic, the guest, and definitely the host. Guys, take care. God bless. And I will see you next time on Back to Basics. Take care. God bless. Next week's episode on Back to Basics. So thank, thank you again for that. Can you give a little list uh, or a proper list? I mean, let, let's go by this. The ADHD, it seems like that we're supposed to be having good nutrition on there, right? 
do you think coffee is kind of replacing medicine or is it coffee not good for you anyway because that's too much of caffeine so what are your thoughts on that part and what should you bring in i mean that's just an example coffee just like everything is in moderation there are things that say if you have like one or two cups that that can be 